You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast that is a podcast about comic book movies. I'm <laughs> folks. Listeners, can you tell how badly this month has worn down on our friend Pokes? Already. This is only the second movie. <laughs> he's always so full of banter and pop culture references in the intro, and he's just been beaten badly. It's not great. <laughs> well, I'm your host, Pokes, and I'm joined by uh, Baxter Building Super Ben Chapman. <laughs> I did come up with one of those. Uh, am I the doorman? Because don't... I want to be the doorman, because the doorman gets punched for no reason in this movie yeah right through a door yeah it's such a dick move not even a doctor doom move just a fucking dickhole move because the man is somewhat elderly and he's nice to everyone including he, doom <laughs> he was very nice he said oh good to see you mr doom i thought that was very polite dr doom doesn't just walk around punching the elderly <laughs> well dr doom does a lot of curious things in this film like oh. for some reason owning a, a coat hood like hybrid that he just keeps in his office in case yeah. he decides to become a super villain. Yeah, we all, we all gotta have those somewhere in our home. Do you have a glass case somewhere with like a mask and like a staff that you can bust oh, out? Oh yeah, anytime. I'm like I'm primed and ready <laughs> for like a real falling down super villain sort of <laughs> mix up. Uh, now we are of course talking about 2005's Fantastic Four, starring uh, Jessica Alba, a very bronzed up Jessica Alba, Michael Chiklis. <laughs> Some guy whose name I can't pronounce, and I'm not going to try. And Chris Evans, a comic book alum who has actually been in... Him and Ryan Reynolds are battling to see who can be in the the most movies based on comic books. (laughs) Who can can do the most franchise jumping? Yeah. Yes, except for Chris Evans has managed to be in some... You know, he was in... uh, Ah, fuck it, I can't remember the name of that movie. He was in Captain America. He was in uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World so far. Oh yeah! In our in, in in our chronology, he's been in one movie we've done already. Yeah, and it's kind of amazing because I remember when they announced that they were going to cast him as Captain America. And I'm like, you fucking idiots! All I could think oh, about yeah. was him in this movie in my head, and I was like, you guys are dumb. A, you're taking a character that already is in like the Marvel universe, and don't stop it. But then yeah. then he was Captain America, and he's kind of really great at it i, I was it. gonna say i, I remember him like i started i remembered chris evans from when he was in not another team movie right yeah and that's how like i kind of always pictured because that's sort of the way he acts in this movie so when they were like captain america i was like oh no oh no but i liked him as captain america but no, he's fantastic we're not talking about captain america no we are not we're talking about uh the fantastic four of course last week we talked about the fantastic four and next week we'll be covering the fantastic <laughs> And then the week after that, there's still one more. I'm doing this podcast voluntarily. Why? Yeah, I'm not going to oh lie. Uh, midway through this movie, I was like, why the fuck did I come up with this idea? I don't want to watch the next one. <laughs> but this, is a, this, this particular movie is a movie in which someone just wrote down one word to describe all the four characters, and then they just built around that. Like You, you know this, what I mean? Yeah, this is also a movie that's like an hour and 45 minutes. So it feels like it's about, like, two and a half days long. <laughs> yeah. Like, midway through, I paused uh, it. I watched it in two segments, and I paused it, and I realized I was only 30 minutes into the movie, and I was like, oh, my God, I thought I had to be over halfway through this thing. Do you know why it, it feels weird? It's because it starts off as a superhero origin story. Then it becomes a sitcom. <laughs> it becomes a television sitcom where they live in the house but together like, and do like pranks on each other. sitcom, you mean, like, uh... <laughs> 
you mean like a real Big Bang Theory sort yeah, of Yeah, it becomes... Where it's not funny at all? You get a half hour of the Big Bang Theory, but with the Fantastic Four, and then you go back to the latter half of a lackluster superhero film. <laughs> it's spectacular. Now, well, we're not gonna... Oh. Yeah, I, was, I think you were about to say the same thing. We, already... just, we don't need to go into yeah, the... Uh, we covered our, it. Our connections, because we covered it. And real quick, I'm just gonna fly through the numbers here. This movie cost... Oh, obviously you guys may have noticed we're guest list. Uh, we had a, a sort of a, a mix-up here... With scheduling, and we did not realize this movie was for some reason just completely removed from the internet. So I had expected it to be on Amazon. I was wrong. I was so wrong. Terribly, terribly wrong. Yeah, so we kind of got stuck by the fact that the days we all went to go watch it, it was unavailable, and then everything got kind of messed up. So it's just me and Ben, but don't worry, we have other people we can subject to this madness next week. Uh, So by the numbers, $100 million was the budget for this film, which is... A lot of money. Yeah. Even in 2005, that is a, a lot of money. And then uh, it grossed, though, $154 million domestic, but $330 million worldwide. So a huge hit worldwide and a, you know, a reasonable hit in the United States. Uh, it comes in at 36th on our list of comic book movie adaptions. And when adjusted to 2015 prices, it comes in at 35th. So it bumps up one when we adjust it for inflation. So there's that. Uh, I also think this it was something interesting to talk about is that this, to me, feels like kind of an arc in the in the superhero movie franchise. This is right at the valley. Um, because around 2000, I was looking at a timeline of comic book movies. Around um, 2000, uh, 2000 excuse me, was when X-Men came out, which I think was really the kickoff of this sort of superhero obsession. Uh, Spider-Man was 2002, so we're really starting to ramp up. And then we start getting things like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the first attempt, the, the uh, Ang Lee attempt at the Hulk, X2, you know, which is a fine movie, uh, a Daredevil, Blade, Trinity, Catwoman. These are the these are literally. I'm not skipping any. These are literally the next superhero movies that come out. Wow. Blade, Blade Trinity, the bad movie that or the movie that Ryan Reynolds ruined a successful <laughs> franchise. Yep. Then. Uh, wait, you said Blade Trinity? He's in that? Yes. Oh, fuck, he is! Him and, um... Holy shit. I can't think of her name, and it's not worth it to even try. You just blew my mind. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that, like, these movies I'm describing, these turds that I'm, that I'm lining up for you, are all building up to... Oh, I'm sorry, The, the Punisher, which we already covered, Hellboy, oh. and then, boom, Fantastic Four here in 2005. It seems like we're at this valley where we've just been but- plummeting. Now I'm I might I'm gonna say something that may make me sound really dumb. Sure. Didn't Batman Begin come out in two thousand five? You are correct. Batman Begins becomes this anomaly in two thousand five that starts to kinda of turn things around, but not really, because then we get like Constantine, Electra, you know, uh, all that stuff. X Men the Last well, Stand I, I a little later. I think the problem is is that Batman comes out in two thousand five and yeah. and it's a huge success and people are like, Ooh, they want dark movies. Like, they want a different take on superheroes. I'm like, well, what do we got in the pipes? Because it takes, like, two and a half years to make a movie. And they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> we already greenlit a, rot- a lot of turds. Oh, boy. You've already sunk way too much Someone money. Someone should have talked to us. I think the turnaround is around 2008. They come out with Iron Man, which I think was a lot of people's chance to go, oh, shit, okay, we can do a good superhero movie. And then from there, I think it started to kind of come back. Because you get Captain America a couple years later, you get... Uh, stuff like Kick-Ass, and you get, like, uh, First Class, X-Men, Thor, you know, that kind of thing, Dread. 
so yeah, but so I wanted to bring that up because I feel like that's like the world we're in right now. It's the world we're in this valley where like someone struck gold with Spider-Man and X-Men, and they're like, let's do a ton of these. We don't even like up, think about it, like, right? <laughs> like Daredevil, that, that movie is actually financially very successful, which is insane. True. Because I, that's true. It yeah. is very terrible on every level as a film. So that that, that might have been some star power way. pulling it in, though. Who knows? Uh, uh, yeah, anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. I think it's really interesting how you get this valley going on. Speaking of valleys, let's talk about my lowest point this month when I watched this film <laughs> just was... before this recording. Well, I got bad news for you. I think that valley's going to get deeper. <laughs> uh, let's just go ahead and jump right in. Please. The film starts, and we're introduced to Ben and Reed right away in front of the world's weirdest statue you would ever have built of yourself. Yeah, kind of if you got, like, your old hippie uncle who, like, does metalwork out in, like, a shed somewhere to do it. Like, all these rivets and shit. It's really weird. Yeah, it's, it's like the we- and it's, like, not even proportionate, so it's a very yeah. odd statue to have had made. I think and maybe then... it was a reference to, like, Dr. Doom's kind of... The way his metal like kind of is all riveted and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, like when they were like, let's re- let's uh, reference the way cooler design than the turd we came up with. Yeah, right. And then they reveal at this point as as we move forward, like that that Reed Richards is the failure here. Is that line up with any storyline? Uh, yeah, there, there was some time where Reed Richards actually went like bankrupt and okay. he was having trouble like bankrolling stuff. And there's all sorts of plots, but. One of the this leads to like one of the most bizarre lines in a film, <laughs> in which Reed and and uh, Ben Grimm are talking, and he says, "Reed, what are we doing here? This guy is fast food strip mall science." And I'm like, "What? What the hell does that even mean? Yeah, what like, does how that can mean? you? How could? Is there a fast food version of science? Isn't it just either science or? Not? I just thought that was such a bizarre line. Yeah, what like, what is he referring to? Is he saying he's like the Doctor Oz of like scientists? Like I don't. What? It reminded me so much of the subplot in Twister, where they're like, you know, like they're like the one group. They're not in it for the science. They're just in it for the fame. And it's like the fame of what? Dude, what Hollywood is shit? <laughs> Hollywood is so confused on scientists. They love to think that they're these rock stars, and they've never ever been like which it does. Think about it. Think about yeah. like Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic Park. Yeah, they think he's a rock. Star. They even referred to him as a rock star at one point. It's like, no, who's writing this stuff? Like the closest we got is Elon Musk right now. Is like the most yes. notable sort of, but sort of a scientist. He's more of a businessman, really. He's not like a scientist. He's not like inventing <laughs> like warp drives. Yeah, he's just got a lot of money and he invested in rockets. But, but even then, it's insane. Nobody cares that much about his like personal life or taking pictures of him when he's like going to the bar like they just like talk about him when he like comes out with a new science thing um but this movie does this a ton like both both major scientists including the failed one live in luxury towers in new york city downtown what is insane is they're like boy reed's really having a hard time and then they cut and he apparently owns the baxter building the whole building And it looks like they only live in the top floor. How does he need a mortgage on a building? What? If his money is so thin, don't have a whole skyscraper for one floor. Don't yeah. ask. Yeah, it is. Yeah, exactly. Like, you have maybe cut down on the amount of doormen you have if you're the only people in this building. But it's also, like, at some point after the accident, Dr. Von Doom is talking to his assistant, and his assistant says, 
I don't know, man. The scar is tracking well with the public. You know, they they find it humanizing. And I'm like, what do you mean it's tracking well? People are paying attention to like slight wounds on scientists. Well, like this brings up another point. <laughs> Can you explain to me on any level how this one failed space mission has bankrupted a billion dollar company? I have no idea. And I keep mean... in mind, he already owned the fucking space station. They didn't build it for this mission. He already owned it. It was yeah. already in space. All they did was pay for the launch, which is not that expensive for a billion dollar company. It certainly pales in comparison to owning and maintaining a space station. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm like, I don't and they it was an experiment. It's not like they went up to be like, we're gonna catch this storm and revolutionize the world. He's like, we're gonna test some see what this storm does when it hits a terrarium full of like the things you put at the bottom of a goldfish <laughs> container. Like those, yeah. those plants that they have Ben Grimm yeah. taking out. I'm like, those aren't real plants. I expected one of them to be the dude who opens up the chest and like the bubbles pop out. Yeah. Also, uh, this wave of energy seemed to be coming anyway. It wasn't like, I mean, they must've redirected to be in front of it kind of, but it could have hit the ship at any time. Like it was, I don't know. It's, it's a mess, but <laughs> But jumping back, we are introduced into the Fantastic Four here at the beginning of the movie, uh, pre-Fantastic. Um, Reed Richards is bankrupt. Um, Michael Chick was playing, playing... Reed Richards is so bankrupt that he appears on the cover of Wired magazine to let him <laughs> know he's bankrupt. Yeah. And what, and what at first I was like, wow, that's the weirdest product placement I've seen in a movie. And then the rest <laughs> of this film goes on. And I'm oh like, my god. Oh. We will get to that. We will get to that. But uh, uh, we're introduced to Michael Chiklis uh, in the beginning right away. And instantly they make Michael fucking Chiklis uh, uh, seem like not Michael Chiklis. He sounds so unintimidating in this movie, pre-thing. At one point he says to Vic Victor Von Doom, I do the walking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of really dumb... Let's just face it. This is part of this movie. This is... This is the shield, Michael Chiklis, <laughs> we're talking about here. And he just... Wasn't he also the commish? Yeah, I... I uh... He was in a lot of police dramas. Uh, this is insane. It's frustrating. Because... It's frustrating. Well, I mean, I guess it's better than, like, the creepy pedo Ben Grimm in the last one. Yeah, that's a good point. That was so crazy weird. So but... what's, what's real crazy weird is, all right, they go to... They go to... Dr. Doom, or Von Doom, they're going to use his space station. Reed and uh, Sue Storm have had a fight or something. They don't talk. So they're going to do this, and then she, they find out that uh, Johnny Storm, her brother, is going to pilot the mission. And then we cut to what I thought had to be the shittiest music cue in the movie, until again, the movie continued. But this over-the-top, like, shitty pop-punk sort of... Music while well, he's riding in a motorcycle, this a girl in a convertible, and this trails him. That only leads to a space station launch. So I don't know where that woman's going. Yeah, is she just like cruising utility roads? Like, what? Yeah. What is that? <laughs> and she's in like an old like fifties like t like drop top. And 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 at first when they zoomed in on him, I thought he was kissing a woman in the sidecar of his motorcycle. And then you pan out, and he's he's not. He's kissing this like woman who transplanted from the 1960s and, yeah. and and they're all like looking at at him as he comes that along being example. like being like i refuse to work with him and then they storm off and they cut back and he's just alone now i'm like this, i i know that shouldn't bother me but instantly i was like why who is that 
Why was she? It, it, it sets up a period of, uh, or uh, a repetition of this film of just doing scenes because they sounded amusing to someone at that moment, and never pieced into a larger narrative or a larger thread. Just like that sounds like fun. Let's do that. That's this whole fucking movie. It's also God. like this movie. When I went to see Avengers two, one of the things that I noticed was I was like, man, this movie is like ninety percent quips. Oh yeah, yeah. Fantastic yeah, yeah. Four is like. 200% quips. It's, like, yes. almost every line is a joke, but none of them are funny. There was, like, the, you you know, how many times have you asked me to do something I don't want to do five times? And he's like, well, what's the fifth? And he's like, this one. And there's just, I'm just like, those aren't jokes. But, yeah, there's some bad attempts at humor. And, then, and, also, and, and, and an upsetting number of fire puns delivered by Johnny Storm. An uh, upsetting amount of them. But what's also great is when Johnny's really introduced, his first lines are a Visa commercial joke, which oh, is yeah. like the memory card for Do- – I'm like, that joke does not work at all now because nobody knows about those commercials. It didn't work then. That's 2005. That's a True. joke from like 96. Like that's an ancient joke. I, I need to look up when that commercial came out. It was definitely like mocked on like Saturday Night Live in the 90s. But – yeah, we get this introduction to everybody, and then we get um, appropriately, both uh, thematically and literally in the script, the most invisible character in this film, <laughs> Sue Storm. Who comes out in oh, this spacesuit, which is perfectly zipped to show her cleavage. Yeah, it is. I mean, and they do a lot of this in the movie. There is a there is a high portion of desperate Hollywood boner moments in this movie with Sue Storm. It's frustrating. One of which is is the infamous scene on the bridge where she strips down to her bra and panties, which I found this out, and this very much upset me. They wrote that scene in after she agreed to be in the movie. And I was like, aww, some pervert was like, let's get Alba in her panties. Yeah. And I was like, aww, and ladies, I know how you love to hear the word panties. So (laughs) I'm sorry, to be clear, let's get her in her panties, then catch her in her shower later. Yeah. Yeah, and let's I, have her strip naked and push through a crowd. I have a lot to say about Sue Storm. <laughs> yeah, is, we'll, get to, we'll get to that part. She is the sh- – like, we have complained a lot about women be- in a lot of these movies, and I know there's probably people out there who think we're being overdramatic or being excessive about it, but holy fuck, this is the worst depiction of a female character, a main character in this in a film since the – awkward rape joke scene from superman i was gonna say you, you aren't forgetting uh, about superman are anyway you? so we, we we endure this like space sequence where they get zapped with rays and it's i don't know it's fine like it's, it's uh, but all right it works we find out that reed miscalculated the storm right right it's yes like, he's like oh no the storm's gonna hit in first of all i don't know why this machine alerts him that it's 10 minutes away it seems like a weird warning system that it picks like just enough time that you really can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't right. have been the storm's coming in 25 minutes. But what Reed does in these 10 minutes is, one, apparently take the longest route to get to Von Doom. Yeah. He, when he shows up, there's only four minutes left. Yeah, he eats up six minutes. He goes to the bathroom. He grabs some And cheese, we saw cheeses. that space station from, <laughs> yeah. from the outside. No way could it take six. You could run around that thing in six minutes. More importantly, he could have used... He could have used those six minutes to go get the one astronaut not on board to come yes. back. Why and... would your first reaction have been ten minutes? I got to go immediately get Ben in, then I'll run and tell Victor. Oops, we screwed up. But instead, he goes to talk to Victor, or, then runs to get Ben. Or I don't know. This ship's probably got fucking comms. 
or something. Nope. Nope. Or an alarm system, or an alert, or or just shout, just fucking shout, Reed, for fuck's sake. But we endure, we endure the storm. The sequence where they get like hit with rays, it's actually pretty cool. They they all get bent and like lit on fire and invisible and like I don't know. It's interesting. I I, I thought it was an alright way to do it. I have no real complaints about it necessarily the effects actually in this movie are okay the cg the the cgi and uh, mr fantastic is you know it's it's not great but it's for the time period it's fine it's pretty solid yeah there's a fair the very first catch it was kind of rough it almost made me think of the scenes in the roger corman one but like johnny storm looks really good when he catches on fire and stuff and and i was talking to uh i post i was talking a little bit before we started i thought that the thing, the thing design in this is goddamn. I think pretty good. It's a solid B plus. At times, you can tell his like neck is like he's wearing like a bodysuit or something with it like painted on. So because he'll turn his head and like it won't like line up right. But um, generally, it looks pretty three dimensional. They add in a lot of really careful sound effects to give him that rock kind of crunching motion when he moves. He thuds everywhere. They even add in like scenario setting stuff where he thud, like when he enters that bar later in the movie, and he keeps making the like, the jukebox skip as he walks. Yes. They they thought out the things uh, effects. So props to the effects team on the Fantastic Four. They did a pretty okay job. They did a pretty damn good solid job. That's the only time I'm making a compliment to this film. Yeah, which is insane. You're like this part was good. What else? Uh, the movie had a finite running time. (laughs) But, okay, so so the crew is now, the crew comes down from space, and they're in uh, Von Doom's facility, apparently in the fucking Alps. I have no idea. Apparently in walking or train distance from New York City, I guess. Oh, yeah, that is insane. First we get this, this is like another joke that just annoyed me, because there's like this joke where when Ben wakes up, he says, you know, Johnny's like, oh, they couldn't do anything to fix your face. And I'm like, this joke, like, you know, to fans, it's like it. it you're like, oh, because he's the thing. And then they show him, and I'm like, well, this joke doesn't really work now because it only works because we know that he turns into a monster. But anyways, I liked it all right. I actually kind of laughed at the mirror joke. You son of a bitch. I didn't remember this scene. So when he's like telling him he's the thing, I'm like, oh, yeah. Or telling him he's like all fucked up. I'm like, oh, my God, he's the thing already. And then they put the mirror on, and he's just Michael Chiklis. And he's like, ha, ha, Like, I thought I was... Oh, Which right. I, I will say this is too in your in your earlier comment about each person has like one personality trait. They just told Johnny Storm to be like they were just like Evans, just be the biggest prick you can be because everything he does is obnoxious. Oh yeah, and according to IMDb's trivia page, he improvised a lot of his lines. They just let him say whatever he wanted. Not surprised. Uh, we see, and this is at its densest, most toxic levels in this next like couple of sequences because we get johnny storm suiting up to go snowboarding why because it's 2005 and we're really thrilled about snowboarding and then there's actually a scene where they snowboard and i was like to a blink 182 song and i want to be clear i I don't mean i can kind of hear it i mean it overlays the film and all sound for five minutes and it's, the song might as well just be like extreme you know what i yeah. mean like it's just the it's most over the top song bad and he's taking on his nurse his nurse who just took his temperature and discovered that he's has a temperature of like 280 and when then kind of shrugged and went well i got a smooch so let's roll uh and doesn't ignore his tremendously dangerous symptoms and then when he li- uh, audience i want to I be clear with you here i want to be clear with you here johnny storm on a mountain 
with a apparently professionally snowboarding nurse. I just oh yeah, because she I'm jumps a, out of a helicopter. I'm gonna die. Oh, hold on. Uh, <laughs> a professionally snowboarding nurse who just witnessed an extremely dangerous abnormal symptom on a sp- survivor of a space explosion goes snowboarding with him. Yeah, and, it is insane. Like at 200 degrees, you would be like, huh? He literally should be on fire. And and he, he they go snowboarding. I want to be clear for like five minutes. They go snowboarding. It's a, it's at least a two and a half to three minute scene because they play the entire Blink One Eighty Two song. As the scene ends, the song is fading out on its own. But the way the scene ends is that Johnny Storm gets so pumped, I guess, from snowboarding that he starts to catch fire. The nurse sees this, screams catching fire. He goes, thanks, because it's a million fire jokes that won't fucking end until I kill myself. And and he catches fully on fire and then kind of crash lands in the snow, creating a crater-ish thing, more like a puddle, uh, in, and filled with melted snow that is bubbling from, like, you know, the boiling heat from his body. So we have a nude Chris Evans... In a in, in a snow puddle, a hot snow puddle. Yeah, a snow sauna. A snow puddle, and the nurse skis up, <laughs> and he's just like he's a little confused, but he's like, "Care to join me?" And she just like they cut to like her like wide open legs, and he drops or she drops her ski poles. Yeah, it is insane. Ah! Ah! The only thing that's even more crazy is when we cut back to that hospital. Why did it have a bar? I, what like, is it? It's like a four star restaurant in it. And apparently, champagne. and apparently there's only one nurse because a bunch of terrible stuff happens the rest of this movie and no one comes. Like when they go to get Ben Grimm and he's going through his transformation, all of his readings are going off the chart. Yeah, and, and nobody comes in. And the reason you have those is so that when someone fucking spikes and starts to turn into stone, that like someone comes the fuck in and no one does. Not even when he breaks out the wall and leaves. There's no... Guards, there's no security, there's no there's personnel. Nothing. There's just one snowboarding nurse who's off in a hot snow puddle with Johnny Storm, who's gonna die of frostbite out there. Because no, he's, of... he's so hot, bro. <laughs> uh, there was also just real quick. I just wanted. To, I didn't. I just want to see if you noticed this because it seems like sometimes when there's like the most ridiculous stuff in movies that I decide to pick up on, and then I go to bring them up, you notice them too. Did you notice when they were showing uh, Doctor Doom, he's, like, setting up the table for him and Sue's dinner, and they show him touching the silverware, and there's, like, a spark that comes out? Yeah. Did you notice his place setting had three knives? It did. Three forks, too. Three forks. What the fuck were they serving that they would give you three knives? Clearly, you've never been a rich man in a mansion. Let me explain. (laughs) The first fork is for your salad. I know what the forks Uh, are for. Oh, three knives? Okay. The first knife is for your pudding, that you, your pre-dinner pudding. Uh, <laughs> the second knife is for your hummus. And the third knife is uh, for your f- fortune. I don't, I don't know, Pose. <laughs> I just thought that was so insane when I saw it. I was like, I was like, wait, why does he have so much silverware? Look, the reason he has so much silverware is no one in this movie is a real person. Nobody. Nobody reacts to any sequence like you should. You know what I mean? Like, besides the person I just described, the hot snowboarding mega nurse who's somehow not concerned with fire, people catching on fire from space radiation. This is why she radiation. Here is because she's not very good as a nurse. But also, Sue turns invisible 
because she's emotionally unstable. Something they make very clear later. Good job. Great way to show. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, she turns invisible, but in the line in the movie is she's saying, Reed, look at me. Look, look at me. And he looks up and rather than going, oh, fuck, like, or, or doing anything that you would normally do, he goes, I can't. You're literally invisible. <laughs> well, then what's like even more insane is later on what? in the movie, when when Chickless is on the uh, bridge and she turns invisible, people react not to her turning invisible, but to seeing her in her bra. Yeah, they go, they're like, Ooh. yeah, and then she turns invisible and they're like, oh, it's like, this yeah, like, oh, I can't see boobs anymore. Invisible. Why is that not your... Nobody's screaming and running around. It's insane. I want someone to edit in, like, some audio in that sequence. Just someone in the back going, oh, fuck, what? <laughs> like, just someone, like, freaking out because a person just turned invisible. But this is all through the movie. No one is at all alarmed by their crazy powers, even themselves. Yeah, it's it's weird. The only person who seems upset is, is Ben Grimm. But before we get to Grimm real quick... What did you think of the uh, the assistant to Von Doom? The seventeen-year-old high school student that is somehow helping him out. That like was told, like was given one direction, which they were just like, seemed like you're a really droll, pissed off. Like, yeah, she's like, oh, sir, do we really? Mm. I, like everything he says is like so condescending and like yeah. sort of bitchy. It's just like the weirdest choice, and he does look like he's the dude from the Mac commercials. Like when he was twelve. Yeah, he I can't was, think of that guy's name right now. He's like he's like he's like problematically young in those scenes. It's very confusing. And it's so jarring compared but, to the guy he's next to, who's like a man in his forties. What drove me insane is at some point, like they come to get rescue Ben Grimm, and he's locked in his room because also he's locked by like a manual like turn lock, but they're messing <laughs> so with the keypad. He went to his room. I don't know. Knowing that he didn't feel good and might be throwing up and was like, let me just bolt myself in let me, here. Let me just, yeah, let me lock myself in here. And the, the one nurse is off snow, fucking Johnny Storm in a hot snow puddle. So, <laughs> god damn yeah. it. But they get in there and he has bursted through the wall. I mean, like a monster would. And A, Johnny's just cracking jokes because, again, no one's a human in this movie. And then Doom kind of walks in and he is like so... Blase. He's like, hey, what what's happened in here? And Sue's like, it's Ben. He's something's wrong. And he goes, oh, you should find him. And, and then he leaves because <laughs> he's pissed about being stood up. He doesn't care. What's insane though is Grim leaves. <laughs> no, Grim Grim turns into a literal monster and bursts through the wall and disappears into the woods. And Doom's like, oh, come on. Do you know how much that wall cost? Mm, like you could go find him, and then he goes away. Like, what is? Who? Uh, and then he's, and then he's not concerned at at all about them, and they're not at all concerned with being like, uh, I catch fire. <laughs> I, I'm made of rubber yeah, now. Like he, like Johnny Storm is so excited by the fact that he bursts into flames. Like an ordinary person would be like, right, is this safe? Can I die from this? Can I possibly end up killing myself? Oh, nah, he's just fine. But then Doom leaves the scene, and then leaves the movie, or leaves, like, the main course of the film. It's so fucking weird. Because he leaves, he's part of the group. I mean, he's he seems to be Sue Storm's boyfriend, potential future fiancé. Uh, at least he's trying to be. Uh, he seems very important. At the very least, they work together in an extreme sense. Like, they're like, he's like... She's like his like assistant or like main advisor or something. 
and he, and they don't communicate. Like he comes in the room, he's like, what, "What's oh, what's all the walls being blasted open for? This is stupid." And then and then he leaves, and then like they don't hang out for the rest of the movie. They go to New York alone without Von Doom to go find the thing. Well, they move into the Baxter Tower eventually. Again, not at all consulting or talking to Doom. And I'm so confused. And then he's, and then she's like, "Oh, we're just done." Like she's like done with him. And it's it's all very confusing. He just he is just ejected from this plot all of a sudden. Well, they they do do the which Spider Man was 2000, right? Right. This plot, his plot is basically the Norman Osborn plot. His company is going to sell him out. Yep. And he's going bankrupt, and so he kills the board. Yeah, it, it's just, that's true. It, I was I could not believe how similar his backstory, which is stupid, but how does like Ben Grimm sneaks out of the Alps or wherever the fuck they are and walks back to New York City, and they cannot catch up to him? He takes like a cargo train, which was their lame attempt to be like, oh, this is how he got here. But like that answers very little. Uh, that because actually answers no questions. Because because they were in the mountains, so and how do Reed, Sue, and Johnny show up later? They, they were in. They, they took the slowest form of transportation. Cargo trains aren't fast. And they were in. They were in like like helicopter skiing mountain. Like it's not just like the, <laughs> you know, it's not like yeah. the, they're yeah, not like when by they the Appalachian shot. Trail. They're in like like Vail or well, like apparently not. They're apparently <laughs> just in upstate New York. I... They're in the mountains in Long Island. But whatever, movies movies fuck with space and time all the time. So I, I can't be too mad. But it's so stupid. He just rolls into New York in his like nothing. Like he's not wearing any clothes, right? No, he when... has pants somehow. He must no, have he... killed like a really fat hobo. He gets pants from the big and tall oh, store yeah, so he he's breaks just into. Oh yeah, he's walking around with that rock dick. So he, yeah, he just rolled in a cargo train for I don't know, fifteen states. <laughs> With no food, <laughs> nude in a cargo train. It's so stupid. It is. It's really dumb. Uh, then he goes to see his wife, yeah. who comes down and reacts to him horribly, and mm-hmm. she runs off. And so he goes up to the bridge. Is he going to kill himself while he's up there? I think he's just trying to hide. But and yeah, so that... he, and then somehow some other guy gets up there. You cannot get up to those parts of the bridge very easily. It's not like no. they're accessible. They're no. purposely not accessible, so you can't commit suicide. But an interesting sequence appears. I kind of, I, I, I almost oh, like this. Oh, where You get the fuck out. This scene drives me insane. And this is like, sometimes when I go to see a movie in a theater, like I'll leave and like days later, the more I think about it, the angrier I get. I left this movie and this annoyed the shit out of me. Which part? Which part? Uh, like, because we're talking about like the fact that they cause endless amounts of danger and trauma ben and fix causes it. causes the entire situation. Right. And then sort of, it doesn't really fix it, just saves one or two people and they're like, they're heroes, but it's entirely no, their fault. I just mean, like, I like this one sequence where he's sitting there and the suicide jumper comes up and he's like, hey, I got it worse, pal. I like, and then he kind of, like, be like, all right, chill out, dude. No, stop. Don't go that way. Come here. Like, I kind of like that dial. I was, I thought, I found it amusing where he's like, dude, stop walking into danger, you asshole. Like, he's like, I wish more superheroes did that. Like, don't walk into danger. Fuck you. Come here. Like, he's like trying to stop it. And then from there, yeah, it becomes the the stupidest sequence. Because at least 15 to 20 anything. people are dead. 
Oh my god, yeah, he, he, he kills a trucker. I mean, I know they show the trucker being fine, but this There is no way fine. that guy would live through that. And then, like, a car he's, is... He's paralyzed. Cars wreck at full speed, and, like, a, a, a propane tank truck sends propane tanks flying like missiles into people's windows. Everyone's... There's at least and then four dead. And fire truck shows up, injured. traveling at, I don't know, conservatively 250 miles per hour, because when it stops, it starts taking out steel supports on a bridge... As if they're just, like, cardboard. Yeah. And it yeah. does it for, like, a half a mile. One, that bridge would start to fall down. <laughs> Two, also, that would be, you know how fast something would have to be going to do that? Yeah. Also, side note, um, no firemen ride on top of the ladder on their way to, like, a, an no, incident. There's, there will be, if it's the big, <laughs> if it's the big enough ladder truck, there's a guy in the ladder truck seat. Yeah, but he's buckled in. Nobody's like holding onto the ladder in front. Which of is him. what happens, and and when the when the it goes off the bridge, he's like dangling helplessly from it and falls to his near death. Which is what should have happened, you dumbass. You don't you don't go for a rooftop ride on the ladder, you fucking idiot. You're a fireman. But this also leads to one of the most frustrating sequences in probably all the Fantastic Four movies, where a crowd has gathered, and some cops are there. And no one knows how to get to Ben Grimm, except the only way is that um, Sue Storm has to get naked, become invisible, and then um, what do you think happened after that to get them to, well, to Ben? Well, as you'll notice, when she's changing back into her clothes, she said, that was so embarrassing, and he says it worked, didn't it? Now, how her being invisible got him and Johnny up there, no idea. No. No. I think what happened was uh, the director wanted to jerk off on set one day and was just yep. like, make a take panties. It's like, uh, I was, uh, it was so upsetting in the, like, even in the theater. I, and I'm like, look, Jessica Alba is a drop dead gorgeous woman. And I'm not going to be like, oh, I hated to see in her underwear, but I felt bad watching it. Cause I'm like, don't make this actress do this. Yeah. It, it, it happens repeatedly in this movie. And, and this, Okay, this bugged the shit out of me. Sue Storm in this movie was the most annoying thing in the fucking world. A, we see her instantly, and the first dialogue about her is about how Reed, like, was was dating her and wants to continue dating her. Like, that was that's right away who she is, is the object of Reed's affection. Then, she's not at all displayed as being intelligent or particularly scientific or or clever, or smart. She's just sort of like generic, tough person character. Like, ah, I'm take charge. And then for the rest of the movie, she gets no characterization. We go on these little vignettes for every fucking character. We follow Johnny Storm into his motocross days, uh, motocross events. We follow follow the thing into a ton of scenes of him trying to, like, find himself. We follow Von Doom into his business like trappings and we follow and we even follow Reed into his like her attempts to make him come out of his shell and be a confident, you know, person. At no point do we do anything with Sue Storm. Anything. We never go she never leaves and has her scene. She never has a moment where she tries to find herself or deal with anything in her life. She's she's just referred to as overly emotional and she moms everyone. <laughs> For the whole movie. It is crazy how little she is involved in this film. She gets nothing. She has no depth. Everyone gets a whole whole quarter of this movie gets dedicated to every single... Or or a quarter of, like, the second act gets dedicated, split into four sections to deal with everyone but her. They actually deal with Doom as the fourth. Yeah, exactly. No. Uh, When Ben Grimm's wife shows up on the bridge, 
and yeah. she takes her ring off. Like, whoa! I yeah. was just like, damn, this is like a woman who, like, you're like, you're dating, and you're like, I, I have cancer, and she's like, we need to break up. You know what I mean? I was just like, wow, she abandoned no. her husband. Incorrect. So fast. Incorrect. This is the scenario comparison would be, I have cancer. Shit, that's rough. I don't know if we can still date. Oh, I just saved people. Ah, uh, that's worse. <laughs> like. Like, cause, yeah, I, I risk my own life. Ugh, I'm so tired of that's, that. That's grosser. Because at first, yeah, she flips out. I mean, I, I know we're all to be like, oh, you bitch. But I mean, oh, like, he's a monster. Yes. Like, that, it's okay to get... Like, maybe don't, like, run all the way away. And almost <laughs> like, be killed in traffic. Maybe just panic a lot and then sort of get over it and, like, work towards... I don't know, whatever. But that's fine. I don't blame her for that, her character for that. But later on, when she somehow happens to be on the bridge, which is in itself kind of absurd, and sees the thing saving the day, even though we know as the audience that it's all his fucking fault, he's there saving the day. Like, literally saving not just, like, people, but, like, firemen. Saving, like, New York City firemen. He's rescuing their their fucking lives and saving the day, and she's sobbing at being like, "Ugh, gross," and throws the ring down and leaves. I'm like, "What? Why?" That seemed like the moment where she tried to talk to him. <laughs> nope. Just yeah. chuck that ring, and then just lays it on the ground. It's like, yeah, toss it to him. <laughs> uh, just uh. <laughs> When you were talking about Sue Storm, I forgot to – the scene where she is inside of – this is this is one of the many uh, – this is just another weird thing I noticed. When she's looking through the memory book, do, did you happen to notice, like, she's looking through Reed's memory book, and it's like, you know, teen wins some award? Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you happen to really – did you really look at that newspaper? No, I didn't. I, I didn't. Underneath the headline, which is basically like uh, teen wins science award something – there is a headline directly underneath of it that says, hate crime rate increases. <laughs> and it is a huge tip. It's so noticeable. I was like... <laughs> I could not... I rewound it. I was like, why did you say that? A prop guy had to write that in. Like, I like... it's like a prop guy was real pissed about something. was like, I'm tired of this shit. I think it was so... so but also... Also, the big headline is a teen winning a science yeah, fair. It's not a hate crime scene. Second bill is race war. <laughs> I could not believe that because I was like, knowing what I do about how <laughs> What's crazy is somebody had to approve that memory book. Like, you could, you don't just make props in the movie no one looks at them. Somebody was like, yep, I like it. And somebody made a fake newspaper and then picked that headline. I, I was like dying laughing. <laughs> Oh, that's gotta be. I gotta capture an image of that. And oh then, god! And then later, there's the the headline on like the Daily News, and it says "Doom <laughs> for Von Doom." And I was like, guys, you're better than that. Yeah. You remember Anthony Weiner got in all that trouble? You had the best headlines. <laughs> Doom for Von Doom. Yeah, I was like, that's the least oh. thing I've ever seen. Why not just Von Doomed? <laughs> See, <laughs> like so much better. Yeah. Right. Uh, stock stock doomed or something. Yeah. Come on. Um, writes itself. Uh, can we talk about that sweet montage too? Uh, oh, the the sitcom that I was talking about. Yeah, the very. Yeah, at this point, I was pretty sure that this movie was basically hobbled together from like a failed Porky script, because it's a lot of like college dorm room antics, plus a lot of women being forced to wear cleavage tops and get naked for no reason. So, 
Well, to begin, just think this was not a Fantastic Four yeah, movie originally. They, of, like, they, the, uh, they rubbed that. They, they wrote that in. <laughs> it felt like too, like part of the uh, like the montage was like an episode of King of Queens, like just zany things happening at a house. It's yeah. just I didn't understand it. It wasn't particularly all that enjoyable. Uh, in case you, the listener, haven't listened to this movie or watched this movie in a while, um, we're talking like shaving cream. Like to a, in, a, in like a sleeping uh, thing's hand, so he hits his face and gets shaving cream on it. We're talking like Reed jumping in on Sue Storm in the bathroom, and she turns visible because she's shy. Like we're talking like goofy. Like oh, oh don't forget Reed uh, reaching across uh, to uh, a, a closet to get shit. get some TP, which shows he's not really that smart because who doesn't check if there's toilet paper yeah, come before on. you take a shit? Come on, I don't own a whole building, and I, I'm not a scientist, and I fucking take care of that shit. Oh, you always gotta check. And also, why would you store it so far away? Just put yeah, a couple rolls in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Uh, Call also, myself Mr. Fantastic. Reed also suddenly has thousands of millions of dollars, because he has, like, an entire crew helping him build this machine that's supposed to reverse their... Yeah! He couldn't pay the light bill, like, ten minutes ago in this movie, and he's just like, yeah, he's got, like, NASA's field team building a fucking super machine for him it is yeah that was crazy but not as crazy as the scene that sort of follows that which is johnny storm is getting cabin fever and is watching the x games at night and decides he's gonna leave which is now daytime he gets into a car now they've been back in new york for let's just say let's be generous and say a month they've right. been in new york city he mentions that he's not allowed to leave his car has vanity license plates that say torched when the fuck did he get vanity license plates for a power he just got? That was like that was just one of those jokes where like, aren't we clever? And it's like, no. And then when they got to the X Games, I was like, real quick though, can you have apostrophes in your license plate? No, you can't have special <laughs> characters. Uh, it's it's torch apostrophe D. Yes, which at that point I'm like, why wouldn't they just put the E in? Yeah. Uh, also, I felt like isn't 2005 a bit late for anybody to care about the X Games? I can't remember 2005, but I think so. I think... And if we're, I, go ahead. I think we're talking 2002, like, maybe, as yeah, like a peak. Was. So I was like, wow, that's weird that they picked the X Games. Why would they put that in? And then I realized why. Because the scene where Johnny walks out, he is surrounded oh by 350 different billboards for different products, including being thrown into a Whopper, and it says Flame Grilled. When he's walking away from it, uh, there's a giant Pepsi sign, a Mountain Dew sign. There's like, but it, it was more than that because he's in a fight with the thing because yes. they're being the typical dynamic with each other, and he 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 punches Johnny back, and Johnny sort of like flames for like a second, like he's like a burst of flame, and then it kind of gets put out when he hits the billboard. He hits the burger and then falls forward, and then they wide shot, and the burger has a little sizzle on it. Yeah. From his flames, and it's his flame broiled. And then it, they hold it on that as oh, he yeah, walks it, away. Like, as he's walking like it's forward, not subtle, guys. It looks like you're like, oh, they inserted a Burger King commercial that the Fantastic Four was doing at the same time. Oh, no, this is part of the movie? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, there's like a, it's a solid, I don't know, six, seven minutes of arguments between all four characters taking place in front of the X Games, like... Uh, uh, arena, which doesn't exist, um, and yeah, and there's in the like... middle of New York City, they're hosting the X Games in yeah. the middle of like not like I'm saying like in New York City at like Madison Square Gardens. They appear to just be 
like outside Central Park. Like they've yeah. just set up a building that just has advertisement, and behind it is a bunch of ramps. And it's like it's like seven or eight billboards. It's a lot, and they fill. They fill. Like you're watching a NASCAR race. There's so most of them. Yeah, most of them minimum fill about a quarter of each shot, and they're like Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Soapy. <laughs> Fucking tea, whatever. Yeah, I forget. I remember that stuff. Uh, 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 energy drinks everywhere. It's us. It's so much. Yeah, it is. It is a shocking amount of product placement, and I and like like Reed, it. And like Reed tries to talk about being a family <laughs> in front of a giant Mountain Dew Code Red logo. It's the best. <laughs> yeah, I, there's so much going on. That's just crazy. Uh, oh, oh, of, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, we forgot another thing. So, so a- after he does his like Johnny Storm stunt trick while at the X Games, uh, a reporter, you know, just at the New York downtown X Games, um, runs up to ask him about his trick and ask him about the Fantastic Four, and he's like, "Oh, I'm Johnny Flame. They call me Flame or whatever. All this dumb shit." And <laughs> the Human Torch or whatever he calls himself, and. Uh, <laughs> They have a billboard like monitor, which is already queued up with images of the other Fantastic Four members to yep. ask what their names are. That's sure weird. And he says, and he says, Invisible Girl, which is a good cut because you know Invisible Woman was originally called Invisible Girl and then renamed herself later on when they're like, that's kind of dumb to call her She's also, girl. I think, like eighteen in the beginning of that comic. She is, sure, like, yeah, full adult. I don't think. But uh, either way, they, they do all that, and then the reporter says, "What about Mister Fantastic? I hear he can stretch any part of his body." Hey, dick joke. She's talking about his dick. Yes, she, yes. She's talking. She's she's talking about. His dick. That's his question about the famed scientist. Is but what's do, worse is do his dick stretch. That's his but question. Johnny's reply is, eh, he's always been a little flaccid to me. And don't then everybody say laughs at it. And I'm like, you just said that like you've seen his penis. Yeah, and she's so asking if his dick is big. And if you I think, stretch it, and then you're like, nah, he can't get a boner. I've tried. I he think, can't get I, him up. Yeah, I think he meant it like he's like a flaccid personality, but it was gross. It yeah. was a, too, it was too many lines about a superhero's penis, and and worse off. What what is that really? What she was hoping for? Oh was yeah, she, she was. She actually wasn't a newscaster. She was just a horny woman with a microphone. I I don't want to get too graphic, but uh, a stretchy penis sounds pretty gross. That sounds real weird. Well, I mean, I you guess you I mean? could make it bigger. Yeah, I, that's the implication that she makes. But also, we're talking about a man who's just like made of like wobbly yeah, rubber. Just, I don't know. It's it just, just weird. Like it's don't bring it up, movie. Don't bring it up, reporter character. And if you're going to, at least ask about everyone's genitals. Uh, does your penis catch fire, Johnny Flame? Uh, the thing. What's your rock dick like? Uh, 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 Doctor Von Doom. Uh, do you also have a, electric. a, di- a diamond-cutting metal penis? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Don't bring up superhero genitals because then all we're th- you've placed a question that no one should ask into the movie. You placed a question that was part of a joke in Mallrats, which came exactly. out ten years earlier. Yeah, one delivered to Stan Lee, who has one of the most overwrought cameos in this one, by the way. Ah, uh, I like this cameo. This was a good one to me. I enjoyed it. He stuck around too long for me. I like I like just the brief shots. I think, uh, I think there was I think they were refining the formula. Let's talk but anyway. about it real quick. Uh, <laughs> we cut over to during all that's going on, Doctor Doom, who is becoming made of metal. He realizes he can channel electricity. He kills one of his board members. He then shows back up to become a full fledged villain, and he. Uh, 
he goes up to a case which we've seen earlier that says uh, to Victor Von Doom in like honor of his humari- humanitarian works, people of Latveria. They zoom up and they have given him a metal skull mask or something, and it just like I, in my mind I was like, how many of those skull masks do you think Bill Gates has? Because he does a lot of humanitarian work, like yeah. Yeah. Bill Gates' room is just like, he's like, I don't know why people keep giving me all these metal devil masks. I just... <laughs> and it's and, and we learn later, it's apparently a bulletproof metal mask because uh, a policeman shoots him in the face and he's fine. Yeah, which so, just, also, that's one of those things. Just because a person is covered in metal does not mean kinetic energy stops working. Like, the force of being shot in the head by a bullet, even if it wouldn't actually go through what you're wearing, would still hurt really, really bad. But I'm just more confused. Why? Why did they give him a Kevlar skull to wear around? Why does he just have a green, like utility hood vest in his office in case he decides to become evil? Uh, yeah. What is? Are those like graduation robes in Latveria? Did Did Nana Von Doom make those for him to wear when he gets out of the shower? Like, what the fuck are those? What's like a bummer is that the Doctor Doom oh mask God. actually looks pretty good. It does. It does. It like the the just the mask alone, especially in the hood, looks perfect. Now, his complete change in uh, his powers, which I cannot stand that this and the remake did it too. That he has to get his powers at the same time. It's stu- and he doesn't have powers. Doctor Doom doesn't have magic. Uh, he has magic powers because he no. practices. He practices black magic. And the mask is because he's disfigured from the accident. Yes, which he's actually not even that disfigured. Putting the mask on disfigures him more because he puts it on while it's still hot. Fun ah. fact for anybody who wants to know way too much about Fantastic Four. Fun fact. But either way, his character is based around being like the anti-Batman. This power-hungry, gadget-focused... I guess magic isn't like Batman, but regardless, he assembles a power, a, a character for himself out of elements because he's that smart. That's what I mean. Yeah, and I mean, he is Batman. basically in a lot of ways like Batman because he runs like Latveria has no crime, but it's because it's like a complete fascist state. Right. He constructs a, a, a persona out of himself. And for some insane reason, no Hollywood exec can get that. No, no writer or director can get but that. But I, I got to say the Roger Corman movie did it. I was like, this movie is dumb, yeah, but they, they right. nailed the, the like the narcissism. And he had troopers, you know. He had like a force, and the, and the fact that he blames Reed Richards for his accident because in the comics he's actually not. He's trying to create a machine that lets him talk to his mother, who's in hell because she's a witch. I'm Dark. not kidding. That is the actual plot of the comic. And Reed tells him it will not work. He points out in his thing, he's like, "This isn't going to work. You you can't activate this machine." Doom won't listen to him and activates it. And it blows up, and he blames Richards because he's like just he can't accept that he is that he could have messed up. So he yeah. he thinks Richards sabotaged the machine. He also gets scars on his face, and he's so vain that he wants to cover his face forever. So that's why he gets that metal mask. So he has like all these problems. They he's a great character. He's one of the best villains in the Marvel universe. They cannot even come close to making him not ridiculous in these films. No, 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 they can't figure it out. And this is maybe, uh, so far, it's actually way worse, you're right, than the Corman version one. Because they make him into this, like, metal god electricity conduit confusing thing. And that is annoying. Get, don't get me wrong. But yes. every, everything else about his character I find way more offensive. A, he's, <laughs> he's supposed to be 
part of the process of of something going wrong on the spacecraft. You know what I mean? Like you said, like he was like Reed was saying, don't. But there's also an alternative, you know, origin I read where it's just like someone's calculations were wrong, and Reed blames Doom, and Doom blames Reed for having put in the wrong numbers or something. There's some element where they're both involved, and they're both dedicated to the project, and they're both good kind of people. And then one of them goes rogue, and the other one stays good. It's sort of Magneto, uh, uh, Xavier, you know, uh, Xavier thing. You know, it's not that in this movie at all. He's a cock right away. He's a rich asshole instantly. Oh, he starts out at a, like a ten, and a, then a ten. He, then he becomes organic metal, and then his shift mark? his shift into comic book villain is just so clumsy and ham fisted. A the thing we already described, he gets this mask from nowhere, he gets this cloak from nowhere, he chooses to wear it for no reason, and 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 he he doesn't have any real reason to be mad at everyone else. Like he seems to be mad at Reed because he blames Reed for miscalculating the storm's, you know, arrival or or even like even initiating the project to begin with. But fucking Ben had nothing to do with it. Fucking Sue had nothing to do with it. And he seems to think that Sue's leaving him or something, which might be true, but he doesn't seem to have any evidence to that fact. He doesn't, like, stumble... He seems to be, uh, like, he just wants to kill... Like, he, there is no story to, like... He no. kills the board because they're going to bankrupt his company, which I think they were just trying to, like... They needed to put in him killing somebody. Yeah. But what's his plan after that? He doesn't do anything to make it... He's just going to do what? He's going to stop the Fantastic Four and then do... Question mark? Like, I feel like it's that, you know, that joke from South Park. Like, first, I get rid of the Fantastic Four. Step two. Step three, profit. Like, they just don't, there's no, there's yeah. no middle. He's just like, I'll be super powerful if they're not here. Yeah, I somehow, for some reason, they're the only thing I have to destroy. It's not clear. I think at some point they show, like, the board seeing the Fantastic Four on, like, the news and being, like, loved, and the board's like, this is bullshit. Like, and I don't get that either, because that would be great publicity. Like, our, don't worry, our astronauts are fine. They're more than fine. They're saving the day. Like, it's, why are you mad about that? Like, anyway. Also, a tremendously exciting breakthrough in genetics, that you would just be like, oh my god, we've, we've created superhumans. This is insane. This is going to do so much for the company. We can turn this into, like, our for, a core project. Yeah. You know? Studying the, their DNA, getting the results, you know, all sorts of stuff. Now, but they're like, they're like, they're on the news, and I hate it. Like, it's so stupid. Um, but also, <laughs> before we get <laughs> too far past it, the, the sort of finale sequence is a mess. It's, it's a goddamned mess, Pogues. I could not believe how much they squeeze into the third act of this movie. Because oh. there's so little going on in the first and second acts, other than, like, zaniness. In the third act... Uh, Dr. Doom becomes completely Dr. Doom. He decides that he needs to get rid of the Fantastic Four. Reed tries to test the device because the thing is angry at him that he hasn't tried to test it. Sue and Reed start getting back together. Dr. Doom sets it up, turns the thing back into Ben Grimm. Then he goes and attacks Reed Richards. And it's like all this stuff. And I looked, and there's only like 27 minutes or something when this stuff starts happening. And they cram like four acts worth of material into one act. It is crazy. It's insane. And, and also, I didn't mention it earlier, we get the origin sequence of them being blasted with radiation in eight minutes. Eight 
fucking minutes we get into this movie before we instantly have the origin of the Fantastic Four. That's a record in for the movies we've watched. So this movie flies through the comic book origin in eight minutes, then rockets through the finale in like, I don't know, nine <laughs> at the end like yeah, 10 it gets minutes in fast and it gets out real fast but the the middle is just packed with dumb rom-com wacky goofy like college antic bullshit like, cut out that entire uh montage and replace it with story and it would have really helped the movie this isn't a fantastic four movie is really what it is it's like a wacky comedy that they jammed superheroes it's into. like three movies Again, yeah, it's just it's one of those. It's like a bonkers. lot of these movies we seem to be watching. The bad ones is there's but it's all over the place. And then this, the end of this one, instantly makes so little sense. Ben Grimm is no longer the thing because the machine has enough power only because of Doctor Doom. But yeah, Doom leaves. Hold on, Ben Grimm gets back into it, turns it on, it works fine. So I don't. And then you need and, extra power to begin with. And then ends up across Manhattan in like twelve seconds. Well, way. he did travel from, uh, you know, Germany. <laughs> yeah, so apparently like he got some kind of power. to uh, New York in an hour. I will say, I want to ask if anyone out there has any video editing uh, background. Could you do me a favor? And could you take that sequence from uh, with Jeff Goldblum in The Fly where he goes into the pod? Yes. And and then instead of cutting back to him coming out of the pod, just cut to Michael Chiklis coming out of that pod. Naked trying then... to hold up his pants. <laughs> Yeah, so so it makes some sort of weird machine where you go in as Jeff Goldblum and you come out as Michael Chiklis. Oh, that is <laughs> a terrifying machine. It just occurred to me. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so he becomes Ben Grimm, which I don't know why these movies are obsessed with Ben Grimm being human again for like a second and then not. Because that's what the so Roger Corman one crazy. does. Yes, and this is like so – again, had this happened in the second act – that Ben Grimm, and then they start realizing Doom's doing something, and he has an actual plot, and they go to stop him, and they really can't because they need the muscle or whatever. Would have been a much. Instead, it's he gets turned into Ben Grimm. They beat up Reed. Sue comes and says, "Oh my God, you know they've got Reed." He instantly becomes the thing again. So why do you, why even do it? Yeah, it's confusing. It's a waste of time to have even done it to begin with. And you're right. The only reason it works, they showed the machine failing with, with, with when Reed tried it on himself because he didn't have enough power to contain the storm or whatever. Yeah. And, and then Doom, with his electricity powers, is able to contain it. Then Doom leaves. Like, after besting Ben, like, haha, and then supervillain checks out. Fucking, the thing gets back in. Also, somehow knows how to operate it, which, I mean, the dude's not... A smart guy like he has no idea how to I run guess that you machine just push a button because it didn't yeah. seem like it required any effort or any all, maintenance all, all movie machines just need a button yeah you're right and he comes out but yeah the tower is so far so far away and he gets there in fucking seconds it's so confusing but also johnny storm dives off the building still not sure he can fly but i guess hothead all right fine yeah. And he leads the the heat-seeking missile away, which somehow tracks a human being over the giant, you know, <laughs> penthouse lit up with electricity. Well, he's, he's like 3,000 degrees. What's crazy, though, is he his way to get rid of it is he flies out and sees a trash barge, lights it on fire, and then the rocket hits it instead. There are people on those barges. They just, they're not robot machines. Like, he killed right. whoever was on that barge. And that boat – and here's another question. That boat explodes and then presumably sinks with the crew dead and missing, uh, horribly, horribly 
burned and dying and drowning with their families back on shore and never to see them again. Uh, and he's 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 in the middle of the bay, yes. like sunken. I don't know much about the fantasy, about about the human torch. Can he just like ignite in in water? I guess there's no maybe there's if he no, was like hot enough, he would just evaporate the water around him. I, there's no boats around, and he sunk. He, he just sunk the one the boat. Wreckage, or he climbs up on <laughs> yeah. one of the bloated corpses of the crew. <laughs> Equip about your death. Um, and then uh, we hear what might be the second worst action battle line since uh, what happens in Toads, they're struck by lightning, um, same as hell, everything else, um, from the X-Men movie, which is, let's not fight, Sue. No. Let's. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. What does he Fuck. say? He says, Sue, let's not fight. Oh. And, th- and then Sue goes, no. Let's. <laughs> It's so bad. That so that is, also did you notice the, the worst. you brought up the what happens to a toad? Yeah. He asked Reed what happens to rubber when you superheat. Oh right. What happens to rubber when you super cool it? I'm like, quit asking this guy so many fucking questions, Mister Wizard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And here's a confusing thing, by the way. We're talking about how annoying this writing is. This was written by two screenwriters. Obviously, a lot of movies get taken way out of the hands of screenwriters and turned into some twisted form of what they originally created. But most of this movie is garbage, right? Like, most of it. There's very few redeemable things, and most of them are in the effects department. The writers of this film include uh, a man named Mark Frost, who wrote most of the original Twin Peaks. Oh, that is insane. Are you serious? He wrote 18 episodes of Twin Peaks. He was a major, major core writer on Twin Peaks. Uh, the like other the writer, first season? Yeah, like the original Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. that is insanity. He wrote, yeah, he wrote like one, episodes one or, or four, uh, I don't know, uh, 18 episodes. So one through 18. Oh, that's <laughs> he wrote, crazy, yeah. He wrote like all of Twin Peaks. Uh, 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 no, he wrote 30 episodes. I'm sorry. He wrote 30 episodes of Twin Peaks, and he's writing the 18 episodes of the, the, the Twin Peaks that's currently in production. They're making 18 episodes of the new Twin Peaks? That's crazy, Well, it's, it's it's all over the place right now because they're trying to, like, yeah, anyway. Um, the other writer is Michael France, who wrote Goldeneye. Eh, that's not as good as you remember. Right. No, I I understand, but it's considered to be a big class. It, yeah. It's at least not shittily written. It's, it's at least pretty... not every other Pierce Brosnan James Bond. Now he went on to write The Punisher, <laughs> which Ugh. we saw, and and the Angli uh, Angli Hulk. So not a great record following this, uh, following good. Goldeneye. But we're talking a guy who put out Goldeneye and a guy who put out Twin Peaks writing this garbage. What is going on? I think that like every great Hollywood writer has like one credit where you're like, what the fuck? Anyhow. I just feel like there's some rewrite that doesn't get credited to anybody. And so these two dudes just have their name on it because they want the income. Right. So you're just like, wow, they really blew that script. And this movie wraps on the only fight sequence, by the way. There's yes. only one fight sequence in the film. Not even Fourth. an enjoyable fight sequence. The rest of the powers are used for getting toilet paper and uh, going naked for no reason. There's no fight scene, guys. There's no, there's... there's no them using their powers to... I guess... No, there is no using... Other than Ben Grimm grabbing onto a truck and Reed stretching yeah. out kind of far. And I guess Sue does use her... But I mean, like, on the bridge, it's not really... There's just not enough of them doing anything. No, there's, there's, there's almost zero. And again, again, we're, we're talking about an hour and 45-minute film that got rid of their origin story in eight to nine minutes. And they still weren't able to fit 
fucking more than one superhero fucking sequence into this film. And, like Pogue said, it's a shitty one. It's like them all going like Captain Planet and being like, well, you do the fire, you do a dome, I'll direct water with my body. Yeah, the, the end fight scene is also crazy for one reason, which is he's like supposed to be organic metal. Right. Is is he real metal? Because they're like, what happens when you superheat, when you cool superheated metal? But if he's made of metal and he's superheated, shouldn't he be melting? Because metal has well, a melting point. This movie understands nothing, too, because Mr. Fantastic isn't actually rubber. He's not made of literal rubber. He's just... In, yeah. he, he moves like rubber. That doesn't mean that you can freeze him and he's, he's going to be like, oh, I can't be rubbery. And same with you can't superheat the metal and cool it or whatever. It's so confusing. And what is insane, though, is like they are basically – he's like, I'm going to damn this dude to a life of, I guess, starvation. Yeah, I'm going to encase him in his own body. Yeah. And then that's it. And at the end, then, they're on this boat. And this scene is, again, stupid. Just, they're all so dumb, it's infuriating. But what was crazy is, I don't know if you noticed this, uh, the end of the credit scene, they had no faith anybody was going to stay for it. So it's literally like, Fantastic Four, and then it instantly goes to the end of the credit scene. <laughs> like, they were just like, nobody's going to watch these fucking credits. No, no, no one's sticking around for this. Although, to be fair, I don't know when that trend started. I think it was like... Iron Man or something yeah, when they started doing that post-credit like, sequence. You could at least do the credit, like the the but, director and the, the main actors at least give me like the first 12 names they always show i could not believe how quickly it was just like please don't leave the theater yet and as a final point about my complaint about this dr doom persona is that we're talking about a genius here again none of these movies let any of these characters be smart like they just kind of do inventiony stuff i guess but none of them are ever like smart none of them are ever outwitting each other with like tactics or like uh, uh, thinking ahead of what the other person's going to do. And that is no more exemplified than in the final sequence, which Dr. Doom, again, a genius who, who is so incredibly powerful, smart, and full of like, you know, skills that he's able to take over a country and then rule it. Uh, uh, just punch fights the thing, like just, just punches him a bunch. Also just so many innocent bystanders had to be heard in that final fight. But you get what I'm saying? It's, he's just punching. Like, yeah. You, you, he's just, he, because he's, he, one of the, he's not Dr. Doom. He just has electrical powers. So he's yeah, like, he's We're talking, even in this movie, he's a super genius. But they just have him punch shit. Which is my concern with a lot of these fucking superhero movies is that these characters are so much fucking nuanced than that. You can't have them just punch their way through a fight when they're the the smartest one of one of the top three minds in the Marvel universe, and they're just picking up lampposts and beating people with them. Again, Fuck what is you? What is craziest too is like this isn't like they took the mole man and they were like, let's try it and see if we can do it. You know, Doctor Doom is such a great character that I don't understand how you can fuck him up. His backstory is so easy. You know, like I don't like the X Men movies, but. For all my dislike of them, they handle Magneto really well, and he's another really awesome supervillain. Yeah. And they do it right. They just keep his backstory. You don't need to change Doctor Doom's backstory. No. He doesn't need to get his powers with the Fantastic Four. He doesn't and... need any reason to dislike the Fantastic Four. Other, I mean, that Roger Corman movie, when you think about it, if the end of that film wasn't so stupid and out of place and really sort of just you know all over the place – 
the beginning of that movie is really like great setup. It's on point. Yes, and, it, and it feels just, like an adaptation of the comic more than this does. Yes, by 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 miles, which is insane for me to say, having just watched it last week. I would, I would say that it's the better Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> Currently, it is the winner. Yeah, which and we, people may think is insane, but at least it was a Fantastic Four movie. No, it 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 it, it pays reverence to the comic. It feels like like kind of a campy like a comic, like an original comic, like Golden Age, Silver Age stuff does. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's ridiculous, and 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 we're gonna be saying this more, I imagine, because I know that in the the latest remake they de- did it again. But I, I will not get even touching upon that until we go see that one, and go do that episode. So, I have nothing more to say about this piece of garbage. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I was looking back through my notes. I thought there was something else, but I can't remember what I saw that I wanted to bring up. So, it can't be that important, right? No, it can't. Uh, the the one scene where uh, Reed stretches around the thing, I found to be like laughably ridiculous, like from start to finish, just like his face, yeah. everything. It's just so bad. Yeah. Although I did, this is just a side note at the very end. I didn't hate the actor who played Mister Fantastic. I think he did a pretty good job. Yeah, I, honestly, I mean, I think that the problem is, like you said, everybody was given one direction. Yeah, you're smart. You're emotional. You're uh, a cocky asshole, and you're uh, strong. Yeah, All right. it's more like Let's you're roll. like, like Grimm is like, you're upset about everything. Reed, you're like, just your head's up your butt. You don't really know what's going on. Sue, Egghead. every time you want to speak, what you really want to be saying is, wah! And then, like, Johnny is there just like, just, I don't know, try to sound like every frat guy you've ever met. Yeah. So it is sort of a bummer. I think, yeah, I don't have anything else. You didn't have anything else in your notes you wanted to bring up? Nope, that is our take on 2005's The Fantastic Four. What a fucking mess. <laughs> no appreciation for the comic, the characters, the, uh, the 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 personalities, the nuance. Pretty much just uh, decent effects and a ton of obnoxious dialogue. Yeah, just a real waste. Now we'll see, with the characters already set up, how things go in 4... The Rise of the Silver Surfer. So high was they were they on the, the the success of this film. They didn't even bother to name the next one Fantastic Four. It's just the number four. <laughs> I'm sorry. So also. good is their brand. They're just like, fuck it. We only need half it. I want to point out, I, I keep the IMDb page open so that I can make sure I don't forget an actor's name when I'm trying to say it. Uh, and I just scroll down and it, in here, it, under the storyline, it has the plot keywords. Uh, which include, and these are the top five, uh, Fantastic Four, Panties, yep. Bra, yep. Undressing, yeah. Lingerie Slip. Spectacular. Also, we should really start looking at the keywords for these movies. Yeah, I think... <laughs> IMDb keywords are either insanely specific to like one minute of a film, or just so absurd that you're just like, I don't understand why this would ever be the one you think. <laughs> Keywords is cornflakes. Why is it cornflakes? Because there's cornflakes in the movie. That's what I mean. They, like some of them are so crazy that you're you can't even imagine why somebody made the keyword and then watched movies looking for that one specific. Like you know, somebody makes like little forks like like look like they're walking. You know, it's just like insane stuff that I don't know. Don't worry, I got it. I got I got all. <laughs> 
I have got all the tags you need to describe this film. And uh, uh, well, here let's do, let's do our plugs real quick, and we'll, we'll wrap up with some, okay. with some keywords. I think um, we'll wrap up this film. again. Sorry for the late episode. Uh, like I said, there was the incident of these not being online, so we apologize if you went out and rented them or buy them. Uh, you can get super cheap copies of For the Rise of the Silver Surfer on Amazon for like ten cents, and there some of them are even listed as Amazon Prime, so the company will send them to you at a loss. <laughs> Uh, but the plugs, uh, we have, we finally sold, as we mentioned, we sold a Heaver shirt. Uh, if you're interested, you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash art of Pogues, and it's there. You can also see some of my artwork on t-shirts you can buy. You can follow me on Instagram at it's Pogues, or check out my website, art of Pogues. Ben? Um, I can be found at the Disco Pony, or my comedy Twitter, uh, where I post video game patch notes out of order and out of context called the strange log, uh, 30,000 followers. Yes. Love to bring that up. Don't you? Um, <laughs> how would you get and, 30,000 followers to listen to this podcast? <laughs> I, I, my last check actually was 30,666. So, uh, you know, ah, so that, you're going what, to hell. Okay. Good. To know. Whatever that means. Um, and you can find any of my old, my old, uh, video game articles as well as any information about my current comedy, uh, work at the real Ben Chapman.com. Uh, you can also uh, follow us if you want to leave comments. We will read them on the mini episode. Uh, the, leave them at facebook.com slash NAOSpod, or you can tweet at us at NAOSpod. And to take you out, here's some keywords to sum up the movie we just watched. Frozen body, exploding car, man on fire, Mountain Dew, <laughs> rock creature, death. <laughs> rock creature. <laughs>